It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Hey, it's Wheeler Walker Jr., the Pussy King, the Pop Country Killing Machine. This is the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Um, I recorded an interview with uh, Leanne Womack, who's one of my favorite artists, who made one of the best albums this year. And um, I'm going to take a little break here from uh, music and stuff. I think by the time this airs, there should be some uh, stuff up on my social media telling you guys where I am. And um, But I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. I want you to listen to this interview with Leanne Womack. Who, you know, she's the real deal. One of the greatest country singers ever, probably. And she's... Um, it was really cool for her to take the time out to talk to me. So um, uh, check it out. Here's my interview with Leanne Womack. I'll see you guys soon. And thanks for all the well wishes. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Wheeler Walker Jr. here with the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. One of my favorite artists. We're here with Leanne Womack. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for coming out to the uh, to the podcast i know it's a kind of a controversial podcast because i say bad words but i'm gonna keep it clean here because i know your daughter and she's a nice girl so <laughs> i don't want to get i know your husband too i don't want to get yelled at so uh, yeah okay um i want to talk about the new record just because i've been listening to it a ton um you didn't record it here right right Where, where'd you record it in houston well, why'd you pick that's your is that, is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from East Texas. Frank grew up in Houston. I grew up just a little bit north of there and um I I just wanted to get out of here and um I since I grew up there the whole time I was there I I, I just thought about and dreamed hopes and dreams and had all this great stuff, you know, that I thought ahead of me. And then after being here for 18 years, you know, I just it's kind of jaded. And <laughs> you know, 18 years in Nashville is probably a weird thing, too, because we were kind of talking about it before the podcast. I mean, when you, if you moved here 18 years ago, you moved to a different town. Exactly. Business-wise and the actual city. I mean, I don't know if you would call it, I call it, like 18 years ago it was a ghost town here, but it was just, you were talking about looking out the window here, we're on Music Row right now, for people who, um, who can't see through the microphone. Um, it's just, it's, it's really changed a whole, it's just a whole nother world. And I think, um, you have, you have the, the way your career has been, it's just, you, you're one of those people who's had the career during all this kind of crazy mm-hmm. move to, you know, the, whatever they call it, the pedal taverns, you know, downtown and all that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that kind of disgusting stuff. And the, bi- <clears throat> what's the biggest thing to you that the music industry's changed in that time? The first thing that comes to mind, um, is that when I, when I came here, I, I interned at MCA Records in the A&R department. And in the A&R department, you had Tony Brown, you had Emery Gordy, David Hungate, Jimmy Bowen. All those guys have such a rich music background. You know, they're all players, singers, artists. Um, and uh, and now you don't find an A&R staff with one of those people like yeah, that. Yeah, no, no producers, no musicians. Didn't, like, mm-hmm. uh, like in the old days, like, like Chet Atkins, they would do that. They would do be A&R people, right? Uh-huh, right. And they, I guess, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, that's, that's probably a good point, too, is what, you know, there's no real music people left in the, in the industry. So bizarre. And, yeah, and I wanted to be around, when I was making this record, I wanted to be around people, music people, not, 
marketing or, you know, people who deal with numbers or whatever. You know, I just want to be around people who are creative. Yeah, that's always so strange to me. It's like, you love music this much. You Didn't it ever occur to you to pick up a guitar or try something? <laughs> you know, it's like, how much do you really love it if you just, like, mm-hmm. you're sitting around guitars all the time. Try a chord. See if you dig it, you know? <laughs> it's like, if, if you like music, you know, there's more, there's more you can do than just listening to it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't... I don't meet a lot of um, the people I meet in the industry. They're not, they're passionate about sales mm-hmm. and selling records and buying houses and stuff. I don't hear them talking about this great, you know, I wish I would hear more, you know, you got to hear this new singer. You got to hear this new artist. Exactly. And I don't hear song, it. song, this yeah. lyric. Yeah. You sure don't hear them talk about how things were when they were on the road with Elvis or, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> great thing or when they played with Bill Monroe or, things like that oh yeah yeah, you should hear this crazy story about florida georgia line you know (laughs) it's like i don't know no one wants to hear that yeah um yeah you um i thought you you used to uh, you i thought you played bass with florida georgia line i I got i got my bio i didn't get the gig okay you lost that one okay they don't i guess they don't have live bass player i don't know oh yeah the bass player i think is a it's a it's a um it's a laptop but it's really it never it's never it never misses, never misses a beat. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the opposite of that, again back to the to the record, we were just talking about a, a mutual friend of ours, Brent Cobb, who who wrote two two songs, co-wrote two songs on, on your new record, which I love. And the, what I the other thing I love about you, you know, when you do because you do a, a decent amount, you, you you're a songwriter, but you also do other people's songs. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the record, and um, I was just you know kind of listening to it, and then I heard the you know. Stuck in life's crazy glue That line from that song And I go Wait a second I've heard that lyric before Oh <laughs> that's just Brent Like you you took your own You took You you made it your own Your own thing Enough that The second it started I, would, I was like this is I didn't notice it was uh, Shine on rainy day I didn't notice it was Brent's song Until that Because I, I always I, I, I passed that record On to a bunch of friends of mine And then That's their th- Now that I text them Hey man how you doing You know They always text back Stuck in life's crazy glue, uh-huh. but that so that 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 lyric popped out at me. I'm like, everything stopped. Like, hold the phone. Is she doing a Brent song? <laughs> yeah, I. He's amazingly talented, and I I love him. I love I love singer songwriters. They're just, and I I love to write songs, but I've always loved interpreting other people's songs as well because there's something about finding a song and having it just knock you over when you hear it like when you're writing one you might get an idea that really fires you up but but it's growing with you you know but when but when you find someone else's song uh it can just I mean it's like a slap in the face or a punch in the gut you know and that's what I felt like when I heard that song yeah it's it's funny because I was I did an interview with Shane uh, McAnally who's a good friend of yours and uh who I think you did one of his first cuts yeah um last call and uh He's he, his his thing was that you know part of the reason, you know, country music isn't where it sh- should be is so many people, so many artists try to be writer you know, don't try to look for something you know they have to get a co writing credit or you know be in the room. I say that all the time. I'm glad to know he he thinks that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, his 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 example was Kenny Chesney. He's just like Kenny Chesney's going to play the stadiums no matter what. He just was looking for the best songs. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't need that little extra publishing you know whatever right. it is he needs the best songs that are going to fill up that stadium or whatever it is not a not one of my issues but <laughs> um 
because yeah, you also did, you did I think you were one of the one of the early people to cut a Stapleton song too, right? Mm-hmm. So you must have an ear for that stuff. I think I think I do. I mean, I don't have an ear for hits, and I never have. But I, I have an ear for a song that moves me, and and so if it moves me, it's probably going to move somebody else, and then I can deliver it. You believe you know. Well, how does that process so someone like me who doesn't know, you know, no one sends me songs unless they're X-rated, but um, how do, how does the process work? Do people just send you songs or send your A&R people songs? Or? Yep. And and through the years I had Frank looking all the time, who's a great song guy. He really does have an ear. Uh, and then I had... By the way, just for people listen, Frank Liddell, your husband, produce, produces you, produce um, Miranda Lambert, a lot of, you know, a lot of great albums. So mm-hmm. anyway, go on. And um, and I had a girl working for me, Courtney Christ, who found a lot of great songs for me as well. And they both just had really good ears. And then, I, and then everybody, I mean, everybody in our life is either a writer, a player, you know, is around music all the time. And so people are always sending songs. And my dad, who was in radio, was always sending me old songs that he thinks I ought to recut. And so I just have a lot of great people around me. Uh, your dad, your dad. What do you mean he was in radio? What did he do? He was uh on air. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A country station, I said. Uh-huh. So that would that be really cool because you know, when I was a kid, you know, just having nowadays with streaming and stuff, I don't. I'm envious of these kids. When I was a kid, just getting records was a, a big deal, you know. Exactly. Fifteen bucks or whatever it co- costs, it's like this better be good, or you know, <laughs> I got problems. So did you, did he let you? So would you sit around the radio station and just kind of listen to stuff? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in that radio station. Were you allowed to take stuff home? Well, we had a lot of records at our house that said that were stamped for promotion only. <laughs> so uh, those are the ones I used to buy because they cost less. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess when the station was getting rid of things, he got he didn't steal them or anything. Um, but uh, I, I got to spend a lot of time there. And then yeah, he had a big record collection too. But it was all straight up hardcore country music, Texas country, like Ray Price and Bob Wills and stuff like that. Yeah, in Texas it seems a little bit more that they play. The locals, you know, they're more into like promoting Texas artists, I think, than, you know, you don't hear like, um, like I'm from Kentucky, you don't hear, people don't like promote, you know, it's like this is Kentucky Hour or whatever it is, you know, like I never heard bluegrass or really that stuff on the radio. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, and the there was not much bluegrass around when I was a kid. I, I mean, an 80s kid, you know, maybe I wasn't hanging out in the wrong places, but Apparently the it was a, the real big scene was the seventies and it's starting to come back a little bit I hear. But it's very cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, you know, I mean Ray Price, Willie Nelson. I mean all the Texas artists. I don't know. There's just something about. It seems like all my favorite artists are Texas. You know, Waylon and Willie and all those guys. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those guys, what I love about them is that they got sick in Nashville and said, "Moving back to Texas, you know, screw the industry. I'll just make music on my own." Mm-hmm. And probably easier nowadays too, with studios being so that much easier to build and right. cheaper to make. So. Frank just cut some stuff on Willie, you know, in Texas last week. Oh know, no way! So. Yeah, and then we made m- the my record in in Houston, and Aubrey just cut some stuff in El Paso, and uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of studios, and there's a you know there is a rich music scene there, and has been forever. But I mean, you know, we all came to Nashville too. This was the songwriting community. Yeah, know? as my uncle used to always say, and I still never. I get. The, I guess I get the quote now. He's like, "You want. You want to play. Uh, 
you want to play ball, you got to go to Yankee Stadium. And I guess Nashville's Yankee Stadium for country music, but mm-hmm. for better or for for worse, you know, we'll see. By the way, for people also don't know, you're you're referencing your daughter Aubrey Sellers, who I'm a big I know and I'm a big fan of, and real I thought brave record first record she put out, just you know, real dirty and kind of rock sounding country record, and she sounds just like. Just a lo- I wouldn't say just like you, but a lot like you. Mm-hmm. I love the record too, and I, you, I think you said, you. I think I heard she's doing, doing a new one soon, or it's done, or maybe something. Yeah, they were just cutting some stuff, and um, so she's just begun the process of working on. It and I don't, she'll probably get mad if she hears me. Like, don't talk about my record, but, but I can't help it. She's my daughter, you know. Yeah. So, but um, she's she's works really really hard, and um, she has her idea of what she wants to do musically you know and of course she was completely immersed in in music and the music business from the time she was born so uh her dad's in it her stepdad every everybody she knows you know yeah i always get mad at my parents for not being songwriters or artists (laughs) or something it would have helped me out too you know (laughs) instead of just being you know losers yeah yeah it was really selfish i remember yelling at them in high school because I couldn't get a job. I remember yelling at my dad not for not working in a video store because I wanted to work at a video store and <laughs> no one would hire me. I was like, if you just you should work, own one. Yeah, go, Dad. Why can't you just work at a video store like a normal person? <laughs> um, so, uh, and Frank did your did the last two albums. Did you do more than that? I forget how many. Just those two, and then then he uh, we've cut stuff together before though for other records. And, um, but those were the first two whole records that we did together yeah because the way i'm living it is was my favorite record of that year if you, you've, you've not made my favorite record of the year in two separate years, i just don't know what was it 2014 that that one was i think so i think that's right it seems like just recently but the time's flying by as i get it, become an old man <laughs> um yeah it's uh, from an outsider's point of view tell me if this is right it almost seems like you like i don't think i'm not gonna say you went but you're went pop but the early stuff was a little more poppy mm-hmm. to well my first single was never again again so that was but you couldn't get any more country than that yeah that's true i mean what well, the first the, th- the the big crossover i hope you dance right hope i mean that was a huge mm-hmm. hit i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure the album sold millions of copies and mm-hmm. you became a big star and then it's almost like you in some ways use that leverage to get back into real country yeah <laughs> i mean is that how you see it a little bit um yes i I mean, I always said I wanted to be, when people say, what kind of career do you want to have? And I, I would always say I want to have a career like Willie because uh, you know he's a country singer, but you don't you think of him as Willie Nelson. Yeah. And he's done so many different kinds of, of records. Um, and that's, that's what I'd like to be able to do. But at the, at the core, you know, he sounds country. He is country. He's a country person, you know, and, and, uh, and that's who I am. But I like a lot of different kinds of music, but I like it to all be real and rootsy. And so, so uh, I had I Hope You Dance. And um, when I heard it, I, I had no idea it was going to be the kind of hit that it was. But when I heard it, I thought, I just thought about Aubrey and Anna, my other daughter. And, and, and what the, I the kids were in the video, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that video all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. and the things I wanted for them. And, and um, you know, and Mark Wright did a great job in the production, and it was a big pop thing. And then, the, then, then the L.A. office got involved, and then they remixed it and did a pop mix and all that. You know, that's all 
out of my hands. I had nothing. I got a copy of it. Like, here it is. Here's what we're putting out. I, you know, that's all out of my hands. Um, but, I mean, I was the girl who sang Never Again. You know, I wanted to do country music, drinking, cheating songs. I mean, that was what I loved. Yeah, I mean, that's, what, again, what I love about the new record, why people should check it out. It is those kind of, you know, that to me is, you know, what country is, is for me, is those drinking songs and the devil songs and the, you know, redemption songs and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, which you just don't, you know, for whatever reason, you just don't hear it anymore. People want to hear about trucks and coolers and stuff, I guess. I don't really know. I don't, I, I try not to listen to the radio because it gets me too angry. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't either. So what do you listen to when you're sitting around? Oh, uh, well, we have a record player, so uh, vinyl stuff, and then in the car, I listen to um, satellite radio, and um, I listen to everything from uh, well, the Outlaw channel, I listen to the Bluegrass channel, um, Willie's Roadhouse, I listen to the 70s channel. <laughs> um, so you do, ha- you do enjoy, I mean, I'm a I mean, I, I when I say when I make, when I get angry about the pop crap, as I call it, you know, on country radio, I, since I love pop music if it's good, you know. Well, of course, it's just right. when I, when I want country, I want country. You right, know? right, right, right. And that's my issue with it. It's also it'd be different if the if the pop country on the radio was good pop, you know. That you hit it, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> why why would I listen to? I actually had a. I've actually talked to Frank about it before too, and I don't want to, you know, you know talk out of school about you know kind of what we were talking about but it's just like you know if i want to hear you know if i want to hear rap i'll listen to dr dre you know there's there, there, that's exactly what i said and if i want to hear pop i'll listen to taylor swift even you know right and right. i thought that was a big move i thought it was a cool move of her to say you know what this ain't for country i wish more people would do that you know go right. you know what this is I love country, but this is a pop record. Can you guys not play this? I'm 100% in agreement with you, and that's exactly what I say all the time. I love all kinds of music, but I do want it to be good, and I don't want it to be 20 years behind. You know, I mean, if I'm listening to pop music, like you said, I want it to be, you know, great stuff, not something that was done years yeah, ago, I mean, and I'll, now I'll, it's watered I'll, down. I'll listen to Adele before I'm going to listen to any of this kind of stuff out here. I mean, and I mean, authenticity, I think, is a big thing, too, but also... I also love the Monkees, and who's who's a more less authentic band than that? It's just yeah. a bunch of people they hired. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, it's yeah. literally a made-up band. So it just comes all again comes down to have great songs, which is something you're good at writing and picking. Well, you know, too. Thank you. Um, I'm trying. I, I was gonna ask you too because I don't know. I mean, George Jones is probably my favorite artist, and the last track on your record, "Take the Devil Out of Me," is that a later George Jones song? I don't know that song. No, it's early. Yeah, real early. Okay, maybe that's why I he cut it. it there in that same studio in that oh, same wow. room. Yeah, um, he did. He was from Beaumont, you know, right near Houston, and and so he cut a lot of his early stuff there in that studio. Um, it was Gold Star Studio. Now it's Sugar Hill, and um, they had those famous echo chambers and everything. And and I love. He's my favorite, and yeah. I love all that early Starday stuff that he cut there. And and it was almost rockabilly that early stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of it. Yeah, it has yeah, it has an edge to it, and I I always say he's a soul singer, and, and that's why all those rock guys dug him so much. Um, he had that edge. Yeah, I mean that's one thing. To, it's fun to um, like when I tour and you know sometimes I don't have any songs and I'll, I'll try to pick covers to play. I made the mistake of picking a George Jones song halfway through the song in rehearsal. I'm like. 
this is embarrassing. You know, there's a reason why he's George Jones. Like, he's amazing. I mean, I think he's the greatest country singer ever. He in he created a style of singing that people try to emulate. You know, and um, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, who? How, how many? You know, American art or, or in the world can say I created a style of playing or singing. You know, and I I think he's the greatest. I agree too. I mean, my first record, which you know, is filthy. I'm not going to lie, but people don't understand. All I was trying to do was, I mean, I missed the mark. I was trying to write George Jones songs, but put my own dirty twist on. They're all want to be George Jones songs, but at least you know. If if you can want to try to write a George Jones songs and you miss the mark, you can get if you even get like a one percent of it, it's, you can still there's still something there. I think. Yeah. You should. I mean, some of the filth on that first record is me again trying to do you know do George Jones, and I just don't do it justice, and it just comes out sounding original, just because you know I I, I missed the. I mean, he hopefully he doesn't listen to podcasts. It'd be rolling <laughs> over in his grave knowing he had anything to do with my my stuff, but. Um, I do agree that he's by far the best country singer of all time. There's no one who's, you know, I can put on those old records and just, they sound, and I still don't know, I, I wish someone could explain to me why people aren't doing that today. I mean, no, I know one, no one has the talent of him, but, you know, why isn't anyone trying to make country? Because some of that stuff was, you know, he did everything from those, like, you know, heartbreaking ballads to the hardcore honky tonk stuff. He really did it all, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And who, so, who are the who? He was one of the big ones for you. Mm-hmm. Who else? Don Williams, um, Ray Price, early on, and then women: um, Loretta, Dolly, Tammy, of course. Um, so I listened to, and then, then later on, I got into bluegrass, which is a whole other kind of. Has yeah, I've been I've been really pitch. listening to a lot of bluegrass lately, and it's it's fun to listen to just because I don't have the chops to play that kind of stuff. But it's it's just, um, and I don't like the tech when it gets too technical. But I mean, I'm a, I'm just a biggest Ricky Skaggs fan. You know, it's kind of when you grow, you grow up in Kentucky and you're just kind of like embarrassed, like who's no one's from Kentucky, and they oh Dwight Yoakam's from Kentucky, and then you start learning about bluegrass and you get a little more more proud of it, you know. Yeah. And then you know Ricky Skaggs, Keith Whitley, all that kind of stuff. You came out of there and. Um, you know, Bill Monroe, everyone, you know, it's the Bluegrass State. So um, what are, like, a lot of my, I got a lot of younger list, listeners, so, you know, maybe send them to some some of those art, artists, the people that they should know, people look, getting into country. Definitely Jones, early Jones, well, all Jones stuff, but especially early stuff. Um, and then uh, Ralph Stanley. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and currently Del McCurry. Uh, kids love. I mean, young people, not kids, but young young people, really love him and and his band. And um, so those are some. Yeah, and I, I've also been listening to, to a lot of, like I said, Ricky Skaggs and JD Crow too. And mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of good stuff. You know, it's fun to go down some of those roads. And you know, oh yeah, there's here's 800 albums I didn't know about. You know, there's always new music out there, which is, you know, I don't know what you, your feelings on streaming is like. I have my issues business-wise and all that stuff, but it is cool for a kid who's interested in music to have access to so much stuff, I think. Yeah, oh, very cool. I, I let my kids, I would always go, where do you find this stuff? You know, and 
they go dig up real music and their friends do too it's not just because their parents are in the music business their friends do too so it's really cool they, they've got access to everything my my parents used to drop me off at the university of kentucky library and i would get remember microfiche which is like mm-hmm. like a kind of like like little f- photographic neg- negatives of old rolling stone magazine so i could read about music because there's no other way there's no research there's no internet so i'd just be like uh, you know I'd look for one with Willie on the cover and read about him on the road in the 70s and, you know, and then I'd be, I'd just be dying for the paragraph where they ask him who he's listening to nowadays, you know, a Waylon Jennings. I mean, that's the only way I could discover. There's no, there was no other way. So I do think in some ways, in some (laughs) ways, you know, it makes you a little lazier, but, you know, I would have loved to have had it, I guess, looking back on it too. I mean, just being able to get on YouTube when you can't sleep at night and just go from one to the next to the next to the next video, you know, of Mel Tillis, of George Jones, all that stuff, and just have it all be, and I'll think, what was that song? And I'll type in the beginning of the lyric, you know, and boom, it comes up, and you can listen to it, and and then you go, oh, who was that playing bass on that? You start, I, or I do, and, you know, and it's just, it's you can just keep going, keep going and researching. Yeah, I do, this, I do the same thing, which is I get into, you know, I'll start watching old Johnny Cash show clips, and then it's four in the morning. I'm like, well, you know, what did I do with my night? You know, because I love, I love watch. I love that, that, that. I think it was the first episode when he brought uh, Bob Dylan on, like watching him and the two of them. The Johnny Cash show. Yeah. yeah the Ryman. Yeah. Cool. That stuff is, it was really cool. Cause it was kind of, it was thought of as a big deal at the time. Like why are the two of them even hanging out? You know, I guess that's one positive of today is that people can mix up music more, but they're doing it in a, in a crappy way. But, um, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at the the track list for the new record, and uh, it's for for people who don't know the lonely, the lonesome, and the gone. Great album title, great song title, and I think that's my that's track two. I think that's that's my favorite song from the record. I like the uh, yeah. What was the in, what was the influence for that song? Because I know the, the Hank Williams line in it, but um. Well, Adam Wright wrote that song. Okay. And um, with Jay Knowles, and uh, so I would have to ask them, but. And I never did because it meant what it meant to me, you know. But um, uh, it just sounded lonely, and and I guess I was always a lonely kid. And and uh, I, there's something comforting when I hear songs like that. Yeah, I'm the same way as you. I was, I was, a, I'm always lonely, you know. I feel and that's maybe that was why I, I relate to that record so much. I don't want to get too sad here, but <laughs> then I got to call my manager upstairs to, you know, you know rock me but um, <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't think many musicians were the most popular kid in school it was not really how it works no you know and being on the you know that's not how it used used to work exactly well nowadays yeah all these all these guys out here were the you know uh someone you don't have to talk comment on it but you know like sam hunt i was reading about him and he, he was a he was the quarterback for his college football team and i'm like what does he know about other than breaking girls' hearts? What does he know about heartache? You need a face like mine to know about heartache. You know, <laughs> that's why I always say when they ask me about these guys, I go, "They're always like, you're just jealous." I'm like, "Damn right, I'm jealous." He was a winner his whole life, and now he still gets to win. Country music's for losers. Sort of. Yeah. Hey, how many times have I said that? Country have, music is for losers. I mean, I hate. Have you say, said that? I didn't know. It. Yes, I'm the, I named the bar losers, but um, I, I yes, it was for it was for um. I mean, it was blues music. Yeah. It was for the working man, you know, the, the common man. Now, you know, the country's not the same as it was as it was then. 
But uh, I just always love, I found comfort in knowing that other people felt, had felt like I did at times. Yeah, you lose your, that was the whole, that was the whole point of music was to lose yourself in those songs. And is that what you, when you, when you look for songs, is that what you're looking for? It's just like, oh, this song is about me, you know, I can, do you even put that much thought into it? No, it just either moves me or it doesn't. And it might move, it might not move me now, and it might ten years from now. Like Frank has had songs that he keeps bringing back year after year after year, and you know it might take ten years for me to go. Okay, now I relate to that, you know. But I have to relate to it if I, you know, if I didn't write it. Yeah, I mean it's weird. It's, um, I was hanging out yesterday with a buddy of yours. He's, I think he, we went to high school with him, Jim Beavers. Yeah. And we were working on some stuff, and he said to say hi. I didn't mean to say it on the podcast because I don't I don't like giving uh, credit to people who aren't who d- didn't help me out although I have written with him some so um I'll give him credit for that We're a great guy and he was he was a uh, you know just saying such you know nice nice things and talking about the the old days I mean growing up it must I mean, it must have been in the air somewhere some that much country going around well I mean it definitely was for me um and Jim and his brother Brett both moved to town right about the same time I did. And uh, I knew Jim better. I went to high school with him. But, uh, you know, he loved the same kind of stuff I did, the real hardcore stuff. Yeah, for people who don't know, Jim Beavers wrote, uh, uh, I'm trying to, did he write Parachute? Co-wrote Parachute on Traveler with Stapleton and some other stuff. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. And um, he's written a lot of and, you know, he loves the real countries, you know. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time talking about Steve Earle and Dwight Yoakam, the stuff we, you know. I think w- that's the kind of stuff I f- first gravitated towards without knowing that, you know. You, you fall in love with Dwight Yoakam before you realize who Buck Owens is, and you go backwards from there. It's kind of how you learn it. Right. Um, so, are you, have you been on tour? Are you going to be touring much? Because mm-hmm. I saw I saw an a Instagram pic of um, Shane or somebody playing uh, – with you on on stage um were you doing some shows where you had other songwriters um i mean i have done a lot i have waylon Payne comes out and plays with me uh, adam Wright sometimes so i'm not sure which one you're talking about but there was a picture here maybe it was at the troubadour or something in la he what i mean he was at the show shane was or maybe he just maybe he just took a picture he wrote and he wrote like this really long thing about how much he loved you and how much that cut meant to him, et cetera, um, which which was nice nice to see. So, you do you have touring plans right now? Uh, yep, yeah. uh, January, February, March, April. We're hitting it pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. I'll be out, and I have been out this past year as well. Um, I you know I never really toured much. I um, I had kids by the time I got my record deal. I already had Aubrey, and I was a single mom, and so I just didn't tour a whole lot. And and when I did, I, I was an opening act for either George Strait or Alan Jackson, oh Willie. Um, so I love Alan Jackson so much. Oh, yeah, oh. he's amazing. And I've been out with him this year. Good guy? Oh, yes, very good. And I, I love him and his whole organization, band, such great players and great people. It's good to see guys like that, you know, him and George Strait, people around who are still, pl- you know, right. want to play the real country, you know. Right, right. It's good to see, that. you know, I, I was just home. I saw... I, I don't know if you're playing this show, but I saw Alan Jackson's playing Rupp Arena, which is, I like knowing that those guys can still play 20,000 seat places. You know? It's amazing. And Alan's singing better than he ever has. And I'll go out there at night. I mean, just, you know, 10,000 people out there just 
clamoring for what he does, and it's amazing. Um, I, I love it. It's it, it it. I mean, does it feel like a fight to you sometimes? You know, it's just like, you know, when you moved here, it was country, and now for some reason it's called Americana, which I don't even know what that is. But mm-hmm. like your genres changed, which doesn't make any sense. What's Americana? Yeah. It was a lot more frustrating then than it is now because I just finally just said, I'm not, I'm not in a genre. I'm just who, I'm just Leanne Womack and I do what I do and that's it. Um, But it's frustrating for people who are, who want to play country music. I I know that. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, there's nowhere to, if you were just playing pure country, there's no, there's nowhere to play it. There's nowhere. And the radio, country music radio is still important believe you know which i didn't i didn't know you know because i've been banned from every station in america which if i'd known before i wouldn't uh, you know i wouldn't have said such mean things to him but you know <laughs> uh, and I, I mean people i've literally i've we just had a conversation about before i've i've done a multiple interviews with radio stations and then found out later that they just that they didn't even air them they were doing them to be not you know just to say they interviewed me and they'll just put them on the shelf like what the hell heck did i drive your radio station for and they maybe they they tested you know this is too risky to put on our because i'm basically making fun of every because i just don't give a crap i'll i'll make fun of every single i say who's the top 10 artists on your top 10 songs on your station and i'll rate you know i'll have you know can i rate them you know crap garbage poop (laughs) you know and you know they love it because it's fun for them but then they're like but but if we air it, we'll get fired. Yeah. It's people, I think it's just a lot of people just, same thing in the, the record business guys, just guys scared about their jobs, you know. Right. I find that a lot. Um, just looking for hits, and I know no, no one knows what a hit is. If you knew, if you knew, you have them all the time. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going on around here, but um, I, I do know from being out with, I just played with Willie this past weekend. I've been out with Alan all year. That there's a lot of people who will support it if they know where to get it and who's doing it. Yeah, I found that too. Like I, you know, to me it was when when, when Sturgill put out his second album a few years ago, and it started taking off. It's just like a young guy doing it. Just like you get to see people. People were clamoring for. They just yes. wanted. It. So when you give it to them, they want it. You mm-hmm. know. You just got to give it to them, and you got to find the right guy, you know, the guys who know it and understand it. And they've got to, you got to give it to them, they've got to hear it somewhere, you know, so that's. Yeah, and I think, I don't think they understand, too. A lot of these, you know, younger kids don't know how much of, you know, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I listened to mainly rock and roll, you know, but, and I didn't realize, you know, that Keith Richards loved, loved George Jones and. Mick Jagger, you know, the, all the the Grand Parson stuff and all that they all they all kind of melded together, you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't want to say I was embarrassed from be, being from Kentucky, but you know, it wasn't every band I listened to was from like New York or LA. It took me a while to kind of realize, you know, get back to my roots in a way. Does it feel like that's kind of what your your career has kind of been? You you you're kind of making the albums now that you wanted to make at the beginning in, in some ways? Yeah. Uh, and I you know, I always cut like on the I Hope You Dance record with the big pop crossover song, I had uh, a bluegrass, some bluegrass Yeah, it wasn't a pop record. Yeah. So I, I always did it. Um, but, you know, I was in that commercial game and, and had a whole team of people that their job was to promote me in that 
when you look back on it now, what, 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 how do you feel? What, what's the main like emotion when you look back on that time? Like, did you have? Was it? Was it all? Did it give you anxiety having that much going on, or was it exciting, or was it scary, or what? I mean, I'll put it this way: I'm a million times happier okay. now than I was then. It was. We t- said before, it's just extremely frustrating trying to get country music on country radio. Especially when, when they had a song of yours that they could push out there and get, you know, onto pop radio and all that stuff. But, yeah, it seems to me, it would seems like it would give me anxiety, but, I, but I'm just prone to anxiety, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I kind of want to let you go, but I, wanna, I still want to talk about the, the new record a little bit more. Let's talk about some of these players on here, too. Uh, Glenn Wharf, Jerry Rowe, Adam Wright, Waylon and, Payne, and Paul Franklin. He's like the, probably the, the best steel player in town, right? Yes, in the or, world. What, or whatever town he's in. Yeah, 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 in the world. Um, yep, Paul Franklin. Um, the McCreary sisters are singing with me. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, who else played on the record? Ethan Ballinger. Um, Am I missing somebody? Um, Sean Camp came in and sang. Um, I think Anna sang. Frank sang. Well, it was a big family affair. You know, we kind of have our clique. So, of you, our but so you had so this. You had fun making the record then. A lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I can kind of hear that. You know, when I listen to whatever they call country now, you can listen to the album and you can kind of hear them not really enjoying it. You know, putting. You know, it, it, it sounds like two guys sitting in front of a computer. Mm, yeah, you know, those old le- like those those Willie records. It sounded like a black. Like I want to be in the studio with them, you know. And you feel like you are. Yeah, the way it was recorded sonically and everything. That that's one of the things we wanted to do with this record. I wanted people to close their eyes and feel like they were standing right in the room with us when we were cutting it. And that's how I feel when I listen to those old Willie records or Jones records or whatever. Yes, I mean the, there were there was space in there too. You know, it wasn't just filled with noise to the very right. top. Right. Um, Waylon was really good at that. I felt like mm-hmm. you know, like honky tonk heroes. There's a lot. It's just really, it's like drums, maybe acoustic pedal steel and vocals. That's about it. So some of that stuff, right? Really, and all you need. Yeah. So so big sounding too, you know, and um, but you don't feel like you're being hit over the head or you know, punched in the face. Yeah, I mean the stuff on the radio now just sounds like um, eight hundred. You know synthesizers all jacked up to 10 you know i don't i can't hear i can't hear any nuance or anything right, you know? right, right. and if they if, if these people have good voices i wouldn't know because right. it, it's auto-tuned and it's, you can barely hear it anyway it's just uh it may as well be a computer singing half the time it probably is um any any kind of new artists that you would point fans to nowadays that you're loving obviously brent and um aubrey of course yep anyone else that comes comes to mind for you oh I know there are some other new artists. Well, let me ask you a question: is, is is are you are you on the lookout for new artists usually? Or are you used? Are you happy with listening to them? I kind of gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you for that. <laughs> you know, um, but when I do hear something, you know, it just blows me away when I hear something that I really love. Um, but I I listen to so much old stuff. Yeah, that's why I always, t- you know, people, because a lot, a lot of my fans, you know, are like, man, I don't listen to country music, but I dig you, you know. And I always tell them, like, man, if you go to the record store, 
there's about, you know, you got a world of fun in front of you, you know. There's about 20 Willie albums, at least 15 Waylon albums that you can have the time. If you if you never heard Country Besides Me, man, like, I'm not going to argue that I'm the, that I'm fucking awesome, but like, you, there's so much great stuff out there, like, but, you know, it's thought of, for some reason in these circles, it's thought of it's not cool or, you know, it's like grandpa's music or whatever it is, but these guys were rebels, you know, it was, this, this is crazy stuff at the time, you know, and it, and it bums me out that people, you know, look at it as like, you know, almost like in a time machine or something, it bums me out just because I think, you know, it's always great to see someone like Stapleton just, you know, bust through it all with just a good voice and a, and a, and a guitar, you know. Right. I feel, still think like those things can still happen, but, you know, I'm in the same place as you, like I just, if I can sell enough records and sell enough tickets to just kind of keep going I don't really you know I don't have a I don't have a I don't have kids so that makes it a little bit easier but um I don't think I do I have to <laughs> I'll, I'll double I'll double check but um anyway anything else you want to say some dates or obviously go pick up the new album The Lonely The Lonesome and The Gone Thank you. Uh, you know just go to the website my website or any social media whatever and the dates are on there and yeah, come out and see us. We have a really good time. And I've seen you. I've, I've seen you live. And yeah, people, if if you if you haven't seen it, it's 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 the real deal. It's like, you know some of the best players I've ever seen, and you know it's everything you'd want in live music. Um, and no computers. No P- computers. People playing instruments. So. <laughs> um, Thank you for hopefully, having ho- me. Oh, of course, my pleasure. Hopefully, I'll get to see a show soon. And say hi to Aubrey and Frank for me. I will. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. Everybody else sucks, man. I am the best. It's the Wheeler Walker Jr. Podcast. That's it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you later. See you fuckers later. Bye.